0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. Uh, as we continue our discussion uh, on this Christmas uh, season, we're talking about Advent. Uh, Advent is how these four weeks running up to Christmas are marked on the uh, sort of the, the Christian calendar, the liturgical calendar. It's kind of neat because it keeps you in process of story. I like the idea that we're always involved in a, in a much bigger story than ourselves And and Advent is all about preparing ourselves for Christmas, which uh, obviously the big event was the arrival of Jesus onto the scene. And so we've been talking about that together. There's four sort of main themes at Advent, and those are hope, joy, peace, and love. And in our first two messages on Advent, we talked about hope. Last week, we talked about joy. Today, I want to talk about peace. And we're using some scripture uh, that we're going to get back into today out of Luke. Uh, Chapter 2, obviously some great Christmas um, scripture and... and, um, last week we looked at the first part and you know it says you know today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you and I, I said to you last week you know the, the, the joy comes from the idea that this is a real event that we celebrate that Jesus entered the scene and it was on a, a very real day in history and we, we talked about that that it was a specific day in time when Jesus came and it was in a very real place in Bethlehem it was a city you can still go to six miles uh, from Jerusalem and, and so this was a very real event that, that Jesus Entered the scene on our behalf, fully God, fully man, lived a perfect, sinless life. And then, you know, we sort of always, the Christmas story is is completed with the Easter story, sort of, uh, and until the second coming. And, um, you know, how he willingly then went to the cross on our behalf. And we talked about that last week. We're going to talk about some of that again this week because it's all part of the story and what makes the story so amazing. And so, you know, Christmas, I said this last week, it's it's always, um, there's so much more to it. And I want to be careful that we don't get so caught up in the busyness and the, the stuff that sort of happens around it that we, we forget how amazing it is that Jesus came for us and all that he's done for us and continues to do for us and, you know, the, the promise of him coming back for us soon that... That at the heart of everything we do, you know, and, and so it's why I tell you I like, you know, I like the decorations, I like the lights, I like all that stuff, I like the Christmas movies and the Christmas music, and I, I get a kick out of it because it's a, it's a great time of year, and, and other people are, um, without maybe even realizing it, or singing songs about Jesus, and, and it's, you know, it just doesn't happen uh, at other times of the year, and people are softer, I think, and, and uh, perhaps a little kinder in a lot of ways, and more receptive, and so... Uh, uh, it's a wonderful thing, you know, as people that have a heart to share this good news, which is what we talked about last week, it's just a great time to do it. And, and think of that. We did our um, baptism today out of Bay Honda, and 14 people got baptized. So that was very cool. It was a great day. We're very excited about that. Okay, so um, we've been running a movie clips uh, along with our sermons, and, and uh, uh, I, I said I'd pick some out for you. And um, this, is a, this particular movie was uh, based off a book written by a very famous doctor that most of you knew perhaps when you were growing up. And uh, his name was Dr. Seuss. <laughs> very important. And uh, hopefully we got the right clip up there, but let's see how
1: this works. Please go ahead and run that clip. Oh, to the who's, he was grinchily humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will will all cry. Boo-hoo! That's a noise, grinned the grinch, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the grinch put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. Started in low, then it started to grow. sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, Puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. Puzzled and puzzled, till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more.
0: <laughs> what if Christmas means a little bit more? And it certainly does. And uh, so he, you know, I, I like that part of the story because it, he it's the connection is it's not about the the, the gifts and the packages, you know, and he thought that he had stolen Christmas by stealing all of that stuff around it. But you can't, that stuff is fun stuff, but the heart of Christmas is that Jesus came. And, and uh, he lived for us at perfect in this life, and he gave his life for us that we might have life. And it's just an amazing, amazing situation. So I want to talk uh, today um, in talking about the Christmas story, the story of Advent, about peace as we continue on in our discussion of Advent. That's the intro. Always a bad joke. Uh, transition time. You know, I, um, one of the problems I have at Christmas is that I think the best joke I ever told, and so I can't, it's known as the best joke I ever told here, was um, about the two snowmen. And the one snowman looks at the other snowman and says, do you smell carrots? And it's, but you can't compete with that joke. That's really, literally the best joke ever. So I'm always looking for a snowman joke, um, and, and, uh, but, and nothing will top that. But here's, here's, what is a snowman's favorite Mexican food?
1: Burrito.
0: Remember, bad joke is what I'm going for. I excel. Scripture reading here on purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I like that. On earth, peace on people to whom his favor rests. So as I said last week, we looked at the top half of that verse And I said, you know, we have a great Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the the Lord, born on a day in a city to save us from our sins and give us eternal life. And this week, I want to talk about the peace of God there in verses 12 through 14. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace To uh, to men on whom his favor rests. Again in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 it says this. For uh, unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So I like that. The increase of his government and the increase of his peace, there will be no end. And so my heart for you this Christmas is that you enjoy this peace and that Jesus has come to, to inaugurate that peace among God's people. And there's, there's the really sort of three relationships that I want to look at today to encourage you to pursue uh, this peace and to enjoy this peace. And those are our relationships with God. I want to talk about peace with God. Our relationships, you know, with ourselves. Peace within our own souls. And then peace with other people. As much as it depends on And and when I talk about peace, you know I'm I'm not meaning you know necessarily the absence of conflict, but I'm talking when I talk about peace, I'm talking about the the presence of God and the tranquility that comes from having the presence of God with you. And so I want to look at that together today. So point number one is this: I want to talk first about peace with God, peace with God, and and uh, this is really the most basic need that we have this is foundational to all of our other pursuits of peace if we if we don't go here first um, any other experience of peace we have will be superficial and temporary Romans 5 1 says therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ peace with God we've been justified faith that's one of those great words justified kind of a churchy word really you don't use it all that much um, maybe we use it some you know we, we think about those things but what does it really mean in our relationship with God and I like to remember it this way um, to be justified it's, it's the way God views us in Christ and and it's just as if we had not sinned there's something fantastic about understanding what it means to be justified because when you come to Jesus and when you give your life to Jesus and you, you know him as Lord and Savior, uh, something happens and we really are forgiven of our sin because of what Jesus did at the cross. And, and our relationship with God now is completely new in him. And God chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. That's the amazing thing. He chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. And so he, he views us just as if we had not sinned. It's, it's part of the process, this whole idea of being justified and and so we know that that's still not the case with us we're still sort of a mess and so we struggle with that whole process um, you need to know that that in this journey the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and you know lives in us and as we yield to him then we're sanctified which is the process on our end of the Spirit of God working in us to to change us over time it's a process but But we don't have to wait until it's completion to be in right standing with God because we've been justified because of what Jesus has done by faith. We're justified. So we have perfect relationship with God right now because he chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. It's so important for you to get a hold of that because so many people in their relationship with God are constantly approaching him like they need to earn his approval or his favor. Or, or, you know, any time that we mess up, which we all do, we think, oh, well, God's going to punish me, or, or he's out, you know, it's, I, can't, I can't go. And listen, God loves you so much, and he's made a way for you, and he already sees you in the perfection of his son. That's never an excuse for us to go and do whatever it is we want to do. It's not an excuse for sin. But, but you need to know that he loves you so much that, that you've been restored to him, reconciled to him, and he sees you as if you hadn't sinned. And that's the basis of his relationship. And as we understand that, we can be at peace with God. And, and until we understand that, we'll tend to run through this struggle of trying to work this stuff out in our own performance way and follow a bunch of rules that don't work. And constantly allowing the enemy to beat us up with guilt and shame and falling short and, and not experiencing the life that we can have in him. But when we understand we've been justified through faith, the result is we have peace with God. And, and my heart for you is to experience that peace with God and just to know that peace that passes understanding, to, to rest in it and to know that, that in Christ and in, in what Jesus has done and in us understanding that and accepting him into our lives, we, we have a restored relationship with God now and, and we're justified. And so it means we, it's not us scrambling around trying to get it right. We're in process. We're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So, so that's underway. But we're already seen as justified. And then eventually that other funny word is we get glorified. When we finally are back to Him, whether He comes to get us or we go to Him, the process is completed and then, then we're glorified, which means sin is completely dealt with. But already justified means He sees us as if we hadn't sinned. So, so God declares us just... By imputing to us, giving to us the righteousness of Jesus. That's the amazing, amazing deal. And he does that by faith alone. That's what the scripture says. We've been justified by faith. Not by works, not by tradition, not by, you know, anything else. By faith. So, faith alone. And so this is, uh, you know, knowing that, and that's the heart of the season. It's the treasure of our lives. This understanding of who Jesus is and being in relationship with him so we're justified by faith and the result is peace with God Uh, and and so we're you know by it we're adopted into his family he's never against us he's always with us he's always for us he wants the very best for us you need to know that I pray that that's the image of uh, that you have of your heavenly father that he's with you and for you and wants the best for you and wants you to experience life real life and that's why he's come at Christmas and and we have peace we we don't need to be afraid anymore it's an amazing thing that happens at Christmas and that 's the foundation of peace. It starts with that knowing that we can be at peace with God because of what Jesus has done. Secondly then comes a peace within ourselves, a peace within ourselves and and because of the peace that we can have of God because we 're justified by faith, um, we can begin to grow in in this enjoyment of, of peace within ourselves uh, and and what I mean by that is, is as we understand how we're positioned now in Christ, um, it, it frees us from being so easily sort of deceived by our enemy... And, and falling for lies and deceptions and tricks and traps and particularly guilt and shame uh, that tries to, you know, pound us all the time to keep us from experiencing life. And, and we can begin to rest in the understanding that he loves us and he's for us. We haven't arrived yet. It's not an excuse to go and sin, but it's the understanding that as we, as we work through this life yielding to the Holy Spirit, um, we're in right standing with God. We have access to the throne room of God. We have this amazing life that's available to us. And it all is because of what took place here at Christmas. And we don't have to... How much so many people struggle with anxiety and with fear and with worry uh, and with constantly, you know, sort of falling into the, the traps of guilt and shame and just beating themselves up instead of knowing, listen, God is with you and for you, and he wants to empower you by his spirit to do the next right thing and to find life in that, And so, um, you know, we, we can begin to, to have and enjoy peace. And then hopefully in this process, the Word really becomes alive to us. And we begin to settle in it, understand it to be true. One of my favorite verses, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And, and uh, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on, he says, you know, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, see when, when we start to settle in who we are in Christ... And, and we begin to understand that he's the one that's made it possible. He's done the work. He's, he's done everything that needs to be done. Our part is just to rest in it now, and to settle in it, and to begin to really live for him. Um, those, those words become true and need to be true. Do not be anxious about anything. I, I get to that verse numerous times a day because sometimes all of a sudden I'll start, anybody else ever get anxious about anything? It kind of sneak up on you, doesn't it? You can just be having the best day and all of a sudden something, a phone call or something will happen. And all of a sudden, there it is. And I, and I have to stop and remember, you know what, that, that word is true for me in Christ. I don't need to be anxious about anything. But in everything, what I need to do by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I can just come to God because I'm in right standing with him because of Jesus. And just begin to, to talk to him about what's going on. And, and know that he's in charge, and he wants the best for me, and he's going to get me through it, and he's going to see me through it. and I can begin to rest and find that peace again. I, I hate that feeling of having that peace lifted away, sort of. and The, the thing that replaces peace is not pleasant, and uh, we don't want to live in that. And we don't have to, but the picture in that verse is, you know, our minds and our hearts are under assault. Uh, and, and so guilt and worries and threats and confusions and uncertainties, they're all things that want to threaten our peace. And, and yet Paul says God wants to actually guard our hearts and our minds. How about that? He wants to guard our hearts and minds. He wants to guard them with his peace in a way that goes beyond human understanding. Beyond what we can even fathom is the movement of God in our lives in this area. And so we take our anxieties and we, we just take them to him in prayer and we trust him and, and we know that he's good and, and we'll you know watch over us and that he's with us and carry them for this for us and so till we come to him because we're at peace with him and we trust him because he's our our papa and and he loves us and then he sort of helps us through that process and you know i would say to you at this time of year if you've got a lot of anxieties that are trying to sort of steal your joy away that we talked about last week just go to the go to papa and and talk to him about him and and uh, you know, know that you can trust him and find life with him. And he'll restore your peace. And then the third um, thing is about peace with others. Peace with others. And and God really does want us to enjoy this peace in the people that we're in relationship with. Um, and yet, this is the one that we sort of have the least control over. And and uh, so I want to read this verse carefully, which is pretty much how the, the Apostle Paul presents it to us. Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's really good. That's The the hope is that we live at peace with everyone. But I like that Paul says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Because sometimes, see, we can't make other people act a certain way. They just don't have it in them. Anybody here have any difficult family members? Anyone? Maybe not. I shouldn't ask you to commit to that. Uh, (laughs) Or acknowledge it. Tomorrow we'll be doing it and people will sit next to you and I'll see the elbows fly when I say it. He's talking about your Uncle George. (laughs) He should listen to this. You know, uh, oftentimes the season brings up some of these very awkward sort of family and friend kind of relationships and you know uh, sometimes you know people that have maybe hurt us or have have gone south and now all of a sudden we we have no option and we're we're sort of having to relate at some level and it can be very uncomfortable Um, but but you know here's here's the thing in that whole process so you can only you can you can do what you can on your part As, as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone and so I think the real sort of key to that is is forgiveness which is you know a message in itself and we could talk about forgiveness for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, um, but but we need to be people that are willing to forgive, and uh, in, in all those situations. And and two things, just quickly. I'm, I already ran out of time, but that's okay. I'm going anyway, um, uh, we need to remember how much we've been forgiven. That's really the basis for living at peace with others: is to know how much we've been forgiven, and and that you know it's. It's, it's an amazing amount. At least I should only speak for me here. I've been forgiven so much that I need to be able to walk in forgiveness with others. Ephesians 4.31.32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. I hope that doesn't describe your family get-togethers at Christmas, but nonetheless. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you, so I started the whole thing about being at peace with God because we 've been forgiven of all that mess and and then the other thing about peace with others sometimes forgiveness uh, I think there's a little misunderstanding about forgiveness, so I want to talk about forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to just look at an extremely bad situation and you're going to allow that person who did those things to have complete access back into your life to redo them. That's not what forgiveness means. Um, Forgiving someone, in effect, says, God, I'm going to withhold my perceived right to judge them and I'm going to allow you to do that. So I'm just going to release that to you. I'm going to trust that you're going to deal with that. But until I know that there's some change and they're not coming back after me again in that situation, I'm going to put a boundary in place uh, that allows them time to repent and change and and come back differently. And if if they want the relationship restored, um, you know, that's the offender now. If they want it restored, they need to demonstrate that they've changed. Because uh, sometimes I'll say we need to forgive people. And, you know, the p- thing that I get back is, oh, you don't know what they did to me. And then they proceed to tell me, you know, horrific stories. And and I say, listen, listen I, I get it. You need to make a, an understanding here. When I, when when God tells us we need to forgive them, you need to forgive them. You do not need to allow them to continue to do what they were doing in your life. That's not forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is saying, God, I just give them you. and I'm not going to hang on to it anymore. I'm going to let you have it. But until, if they want real restoration, then they'll demonstrate some change over time. It's two completely different things. So I I felt like I needed to tell that to somebody. So um, I went way off book on that. But uh, I think somebody needed to hear that. So when that forgiveness thing comes up and that, no, no, I can't, you have to. God calls us to forgive. But it doesn't mean that that we have to go then and allow the same things to take place. Um, There needs to be demonstrated repentance on the other end. So, but really, in the, you know, in the little things, that's big things, little things. A lot of us get hung up on little things. On the little things, uh, you know, I would just say to you that, that we just need to cultivate this sense of amazement all the time, um, that, that in spite of all of the mess and brokenness in our own lives, God has forgiven us and he loves us and has pursued us in a relationship with him and, and wants that now and forever. And there, there should be, a, I hope, that there's a, there's a constant sort of awe and wonder that resides in you with that understanding. That the God of the universe pursued you, loved you, continues to love you, and wants to be with you forever in relationship. And, and that's in spite of all the mess. And that, that's, as we kind of settle in that, it allows us, I think, to, to really, you know, respond to others well. Um, and so, you know, this season, as we talk about peace, you know, just be amazed. Be amazed at, at the peace that you have with God, at the peace that you can have in your soul. And that that we've been set free from all that mess. And with that peace in mind, then, you know, extend that to others. That that whole idea of forgiveness and love. So that as much as it's possible with you, as much as it depends on you, that you can be at peace with everyone. And as you do and experience this peace, you will find rest in yourself. So that's uh, where we're going to end that for today. And... uh, I hope you'll, you'll experience that peace. So We've talked about hope. and We've talked about joy. and We've talked about peace. Next week, we're going to talk about love. Uh, it's another great topic. And so I look forward to seeing you then. But that's where we're going to end it. If you're watching my video, thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you come. If you need prayer, go to the website. And there's a spot for prayer. And you, uh, you punch in your prayer request, And we will pray for you. But um, that's where this is going to end for you today.